What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the It's Called Football Podcast. My name is Otis. My name's Jose, and we've got a lot going on on the channel. I want to start off by saying please check out our other videos. If you're interested in FIFA content, please check it out. If you're not, do it anyway. <laughs> Lots of interesting stuff coming. What a magnificent, shameless plug. Oh, yeah, 100%. And look out for more content coming over the weekend. Now, we're going to talk about trending news and our weekend predictions today. There's been a lot that's happened, specifically in England. So let's go ahead and start with what's going on there, specifically at our uh, friendly neighbors, Tottenham. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So Tottenham unexpectedly sacked Mauricio Pochettino. Um, check out our video on that if you haven't already. Another shameless plug. Um, and they brought in Jose Mourinho. And and the in the way they did it, they unexpectedly sacked him, and then literally within hours signed Jose Mourinho, which makes me think they already had him lined up. To oh yeah, with. yeah, hundred percent. And it kind of makes you think about what Mourinho's been doing over the past few months. There's been a lot of obvious speculation about him joining Arsenal. And during his punditry on Sky or um, BN, he speaks very well about Arsenal, very eloquently, very knowledgeably. And uh, it makes you wonder if that was all just a rouse to eventually get in the Tottenham job. And in which case, you know, it's more Mourinho shithousery. And honestly, it's why he's so entertaining to see. At when he's not in your club. <laughs> yeah. So this immediately made Tottenham way more interesting. Um, 100%. I think everybody's excited uh, to see how they do. Uh, because, you know, Mourinho, as like him, like him or not, love him or hate him, Mourinho wins. Yeah. I mean, he many, wins people, trophies. many people view his time at Manchester United a failure, but he won a Europa League. And a... And a um, uh, uh, League Cup. The name yeah. changes all the time, so I don't remember what it was called when he won it. <laughs> You're um, good. Not only that, but he also came second in the Premier League. In his first year, yeah. Exactly. You know, so sure, he didn't win the league. Sure, he didn't win the Champions League. But let's not act like Mourinho didn't bring trophies to Man United. Even during his quote-unquote most failed spell. Exactly. Um, look at, I mean, if you look at all the clubs that he's he's uh, been at so far, Porto, Inter, Chelsea, Madrid, Chelsea United, again. yeah, Chelsea again, and now Spurs. You know, other than Porto, I think this is the this is the team where he's really going to feel like an underdog. Yeah, yeah, and you see what he did with the last underdogs at Porto. He won the Champions League. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's a very interesting time for Jose Mourinho. He has had a lot of criticism, much of it very well deserved, but. Now's the time for him to prove the haters wrong. Now's the time for him to break a spell that's been going on for a long time. Spurs have not won right. a trophy in so long. So if Mourinho brings trophies to North London, but just not the red side, will the quote-unquote power shift that some Spurs fans have been talking about for years now be real in full effect? No. North London's red, and not even biased, but... What was it? Two years ago we won that FA Cup? I don't know. Two, three years ago, Tottenham. It was three years ago. We won that FA Cup. It was three years ago. So if they win the Premier League or win the Champions League, then you can say that the power love, the power sh is shifting. But if they win a League Cup, that doesn't do shit. To be completely honest, especially if Arsenal end up winning the Europa League. So a lot of uh, Arsenal fans are talking about how Spurs are moving 
like a big club. They're moving how Arsenal should be moving. Um, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, they were in 14th in the table, and the team supposedly fell out with Pochettino, and they got rid of him. Do I think it was the right move? You know, you can see both sides of it. On one side, Pochettino made Tottenham relevant again, or relevant, period. And he also brought them to a Champions League final. But on the flip side, like I just said, they were spiraling in the league. They had good European performances, but you got to be good domestically if you want to be considered a top team. And they pulled the switch, or pulled the trigger. Uh, Mourinho, on paper, is a horrible, horrible uh, person to pick. Because Daniel Levy, you know, only just started backing Pochettino in the transfer market. Only just started doing anything relevant to promote Tottenham. Obviously, the stadium is a big move, but it's not big if you can't afford to keep the players you have and you can't offer them competitive wages. And Mourinho is known for spending, splashing money on big players and making them stay by giving them even more money. So how's that? how are those two contradicting philosophies going to match? I think that's part of the reason why this move was so interesting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few years. I think he signed a three-year deal, was it? Yeah, he'll be there till the end of the 22-23 season. Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, it'll be interesting to see if he even makes it that long. Because uh, I can totally see him falling out with Daniel Levy over the budget, over how much he's allowed to spend, who he can bring in. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, you know, the media has already started churning the, the wheels of the rumor mill, um, talking about who Mourinho is going to bring in who's going to be Mourinho's first signing. And you've got names like uh, Bruno Fernandez uh, flying around, Bale, um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic flying around. Um, I don't know how much, how many, I don't know what the legs are like in any of those stories. Um, but I, I do think whoever he brings in first will be a big name. Whether or not, It's got to be. Yeah, and I, and I think big money is going to come along with that. Look, Tottenham has made the statement of intent with their new manager. They didn't just pick some random bloke. And now they need to make a statement of intent. Yeah, signing Ndombele was wonderful. He's a great player. But you didn't give him time to develop under Pochettino. No. Now he's got to learn to develop under, under Mourinho. Um, and, and now let's, let's switch focus to, uh, to the guy that got kicked out of North London. And apparently he is on his way to Munich. Uh, there's a report coming out saying that Bayern are ready to offer him a, uh, a contract. Whoever gets him has a hell of a manager. Honestly, uh, we've talked about it in previous weeks. You know, how many top, top class managers are there available right now? And Chilotti might be available if he does indeed fall through at Napoli. You never know with Zidane and Real Madrid at this point. Um, But I I would put Pochettino above all of them. So I think Pochettino is kind of the... Um, I don't want to say leader of this new era of managers coming along. So you got young guys like Pochettino, Tin Hag at Ajax, Nagelsmann, Tuchel. Like you know, you got some some decently young guys. Emery. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got some young guys who are coming up through the ranks looking like they're going to be elite managers at some point. Uh, I definitely think Pochettino is the closest to that status out uh, of any of them. And I think if Bayern swoop in and grab him or, um, I mean, I don't really, I don't know who else needs a manager at the moment. But, you know, Zidane looks to be doing a good job at Real Madrid. 
I just always bring him up because it's so unstable there. 100%. How Gareth Bale has stayed there almost five years, I really don't understand because it's a carousel over there, both for the managers and for the players. Um, I would always keep an eye there, especially because Pochettino does have a likeness for Real Madrid, and he said that's a goal for him. Um, Manchester United, he was always linked with Manchester United. Uh, A lot of people have been saying Arsenal. I don't know if that's just the obvious take because of the rivalry, you know, Sol Campbell 2.0, all these things. But if I were the Arsenal board, that's the number one guy I'd be going for. Oh, 100%. You know, he speaks English, he speaks Spanish, Everybody would love to see it. <laughs> so now the question is, would he actually do it? Because, I mean, Pochettino is, is uh, you got to think, he played for Espanyol, and he was also linked to Barcelona, but he came out and said he wouldn't work because exactly. he played for Espanyol. Exactly. Now he's played for Spurs. Do you think he'd ever play or work for, or I'm sorry, he worked for Spurs. You know, do you think he'd ever manage Arsenal? He said in the past that he wouldn't manage Arsenal. And I've said that I'm a good looking dude. Everybody lies. <laughs> now, <laughs> the thing is, Sol Campbell was Tottenham captain. He went through Tottenham's academy. He was a Tottenham guy. And he retired an Arsenal legend. A lot of things can change. Mm. It, it's a volatile sport. Mm. And if I had to appoint a manager right now, it would be Pochettino. Um, you wouldn't, it's you un- wouldn't try to go for... Ten Hag at Ajax, who looks like he could be out in the summer. If Pochettino's available right now, I would go for Pochettino okay. right now. Over Ten Hag. Over Nagelsmann. Over Nagelsmann. All right. Simple I mean, that's that. fair, yeah. Pochettino the only knows person, the league. The only, pers- only two managers right now in the world that I would pick above him are Klopp and Pep. Who will never go to Arsenal. Actually, I don't want to there say never go. because I never thought Jose Mourinho would end up at Spurs. So. Honestly, who did? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> now, um, please let us know what you guys think. I know we've seen a few Spurs fans in the comments lately. Uh, definitely let us know your thoughts. A lot of people seem to be sad that Pochettino's leaving. And as entertaining as it is for the neutral to see Jose Mourinho take over his side, in the end, it's, it's a big uncertainty. It's a big uncertainty, but it's a better chance of getting a trophy than you had with Pochettino, the way things have been going lately. Now, that's all I have to say about it. Do you have anything yeah. to add? Um, no, I think we can move on to Wales, Wales Golf, Golf, Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> in that order. Uh, what in the world is Bale thinking? He, at this point, he's over it. Uh, yeah. Clearly. And he's tried to get out of Real Madrid, and they've stopped him. So, honestly, might as well fuck about. Have hey, fun with it. I if they're going to keep you there. Hilarious. First of all, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Shithousery on another level. Oh, Absolutely yeah. hilarious. But when he goes back to Madrid, that first game. Oh, when, I can't wait to see yeah, it. I mean, you, first of all, we all know how real Madrid fans are. Before we get there, do you want to recap what exactly happened? Because I feel like yeah. that's pretty important for the people that don't oh, yeah. know. Yeah. So, basically, after Wales qualified for Euro 2020... Uh, they, uh, Welsh players were walking around the stadium, you know, clapping the fans and they spotted, I think it was Wayne Hennessy actually spotted a fan in the crowd with a Welsh flag that had Wales, Gulf, Madrid in that order on it. And one of the (laughs) players went up and got the flag 
and Bale was seen holding the flag, taking pictures and laughing. Everybody was laughing at it. I think they were making fun of the whole situation. Um, And I think that's all it was. I don't think it was anything like, um, well, I mean, yeah, it, it was a little disrespectful. But at the same time, the Real Madrid fans have disrespected him for years. Yeah. You could say to play devil's advocate that he's disrespected them by not doing a better job of learning the language. Very but true. that's something that we don't have first-hand knowledge on. So, right. of course, that's just speculation. But, I mean, at the same time, you could compare him to, like, any of the other players in, in England who don't know English that have been yeah, here for years. that's also true. Now, the whole golf reference is uh, referring to the time where Gareth Bale uh, missed some practices while he was trying to get out, and he uh, was spotted and pictured playing golf during Real Madrid's <laughs> training. So uh, that's the entire situation there. He was obviously having a blast. What are the ramifications for this, for the Real Madrid fans, like you were saying? Um, I think that first, even when he just goes out to warm up, uh, I doubt he'll play. But that, that, that first time he steps foot into the Santiago Bernabeu, I think those fans are going to let him know exactly how they feel. Um, I think, <clears throat> I'm not sure what uh, Zidane's comments on it were, uh, but I don't think he'll be too happy with the whole situation. Um, not necessarily because, you know, he, I mean, he may think it's disrespectful, but I think it's it just bringing unwanted negative attention to the club and yeah. to the situation. And here's the thing. He's been playing 80 plus minutes for uh, Real Madrid in all of the games. Well, almost all of their games this season. He's been a starter. He's been their go-to guy when Eden Hazard couldn't score a goal, when Jovic couldn't score a goal, couldn't do anything, really. Yeah. It's been him and Rodrigo. So they can't really afford the drop-in, especially with a big game that we're going to talk about later on. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. I think everybody is going to be, excuse me, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I'll probably be watching that game. Oh, I now, definitely will be watching that game. We're going to turn gears and stick in Spain uh, and talk about Luis Enrique, who has officially come back to the manager role at Spain's national team. Yeah, um, good for him. I think Very that, big that, that whole situation that is... Um, it's He tragically lost his six-year-old daughter to uh, bone cancer in the summer and stepped aside in August... And, and now he's back. Now he's back. So, first of all, good for him. Wish good, him all the best. Yeah, good for him. I, and I hope Spain do well. I don't think they'll win Euro 2020. I'm still sticking with my Dutch guys, but I hope he does well. Um, hell, I would love to see him replace Pep at City at some point. Yeah. And the thing is, he was approached to uh, take over at Arsenal. Now we know that's not happening. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure he was approached by quite a few clubs to take over. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to forget this guy won a Champions League right. with Barcelona, won the league several times, won the Copa del Rey. Not only that, but the beautiful football they played. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest complaints about Valverde at Barcelona, besides the fact that they haven't won shit, that they want, uh, <laughs> is that they don't play well. They don't. They don't. It's not a... It's not that free-flowing, tiki-taka Barcelona football. It's not. Valverde's got to go. Uh, that's that's a whole nother... We can spend a whole nother podcast talking about Valverde and how crap he is. I'm just surprised that he's... Barcelona are moving like Arsenal. <laughs> I feel except, like that'll say it all. <laughs> except with more money. Except with more money, better players, better fans. <clears throat> um. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just take everything and times it by 10, and there you go. <laughs> there you go. Now... 
last story that we have to talk about, Neymar. Yes, Neymar. and so this also has something to do with Barcelona. Um, apparently, uh, reports coming out of the PSG camp that Neymar actually rejected a new deal at PSG. Uh, they were trying to tie down both him and Kylian Mbappe to stay for, uh, I, don't, I don't know how long the deal was. I think it was going to take him past his current one, um, which is, I think, the 2023 season. If I'm, I'm not. I'm, anyway, <laughs> I don't have all the details of how long the contract extension was going to be, but I do know it was going to be a bit of a pay boost as well. Yeah. But apparently he's turned that down because he is dead set on going back to Barcelona. And I think this was really simple. You've got two big guys at a PSG. Obviously, Edison Cavani is most likely going to move on at the end of the season. He's been massive for them throughout his whole time there. Isn't he their top goal scorer? Yeah. 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 Put some respect on his name. He he stayed put when Zlatan Ibrahimovic was there. And he... It, what a player. Honestly, he doesn't get enough credit. Just like Lewandowski doesn't get enough credit. But that's another topic about strikers. Now, you've got two players in Mbappe and Neymar who both want to stay... Or, I'm sorry. Who both... <laughs> Let me restart. <laughs> <laughs> you've got those two players... Who are obviously world-class talents. You've got one that's just over 20 years old, one that's 27 and frequently injured. One that wants to stay and one that wants to go. Pull the trigger. If you're not going to sell Mbappe to a Real Madrid, then keep him, time down to the biggest contract we've ever seen, and get some money and some players for Neymar. Yeah. Stop being stupid. Yeah. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Something's not right. Yeah. Something hasn't gelled. And Neymar knows that. I think deep down PSG know it. Yeah, let him go. Go with your main guy who wants to be there. 100%. I agree with you 100%. Um, so now we move on to our weekend predictions. Uh, some of the biggest games around Europe. Uh, and first up, we've got the biggest game in England, which is Manchester City versus Chelsea. Your thoughts on that? This came at the perfect time for Chelsea. The perfect time. They're flying high. And Manchester City is not... To be very, very I mean, true, honest. yeah. Uh, Manchester City's dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Bernardo Silver is going to be uh, suspended for this game because of uh, the FA ban. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this game did come at the right time for Chelsea. And I would not be surprised if Chelsea pull out a win. Um, but I also think that the City players are going to be a bit uh, fired up, even though they've had two weeks to kind of cool down from the Liverpool game. I think they're going to be a bit angry and ready to get back to their winning ways. So personally, I'm going for a high-scoring 3-2 game. Uh, uh, three goals for City, two goals for Chelsea. Okay. Uh, this came at the perfect time for Chelsea. However, I think this is a really good chance for City to silence some critics. They've been getting a lot of hate lately because they haven't uh, quite performed to the standard they've set over the past two, three years. So I think they're also going to come out with a win, 2-1. It's going to be a close one, but City know what it's like to win under pressure. Yeah. This Chelsea side is not even the same Chelsea side from last year, the one that Europa League. So. And I think that we're seeing, right now we're currently seeing a City side that's in transition. I think a lot of the biggest players are on their way out the door, and there's a lot of young guys coming up trying to figure out how to maintain that role. You saw players uh, over the past few seasons like Yaya, Joe Hart, uh, Zabaleta all leave. Uh, company left last year. David Silva's leaving at the end of this year. Um, and there are reports saying that Aguero and Otamendi are also leaving uh, this summer. So this is a very much so in transition city side. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they can do while they're in transition, because I know uh, through a few other teams in the top six that have been in transition, like Man United, Arsenal, you know, if you say you're in transition, that means you're supposed to be shit. But the city side is not necessarily shit. They're not at their best, though, either. Yeah. Another team who is definitely transitioning and definitely more on the shit side is uh, in Italy. It's AC Milan. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're currently sitting 14th in the table. They are a total mess. Obviously, they've had FFP issues for years. They can't afford to get good players. They can't afford to keep their players. And now they're playing Napoli, who are also going through their storm. Uh, however, player by player, Napoli's a much better side. And manager. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah. And manager, yeah. yeah. Even if their owner is currently suing some of the players. <laughs> <laughs> I still think Napoli's going to win it. I've got it 2-0. I've got a 3-1 to Napoli. And it hurts because I'm a big fan of Christophe Piatek. But it's not happening. No, it's no, it's not. Um, next up, we've got Real Betis versus Valencia over in La Liga. Personally, I've got Valencia winning this one 2-1. I think it'll be tight, but I think Valencia will pull it off. Oh, I agree 100%. Real Betis is sitting one spot away from the relegation zone. They're not as good as you would hope they are with players like Bartra, Nabil Fakir, who just went over. Um, and honestly, the list goes on. They're a pretty star-studded side, but they just can't get it together. They're shit. Simple as that. Not every great player plays well alongside another, you know? And I think that comes also down to the manager and the tactics. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you know, hundred percent. It's a puzzle piece that you have to put together. I've got Valencia. Yeah, they're taking on all gears. Uh, next up, we've got we're going back to England, and we really only chose this game because uh, of of the situation going on at Spurs. So it's West Ham versus Spurs. Personally, I think that Spurs will come out firing under Mourinho. Um, I think it will have them in better shape defensively, even if they don't have their starting goalkeeper. Um, so I'm going to go for a 4-1 win to Spurs. All right. Uh, West Ham have free-fallen lately. They haven't won any of their last uh, five or six matches. Maybe seven? I don't really know. They haven't won since September. Jesus. Yeah. And this aside, coached by Pellegrini. How is he not out the door? This might be it. Because West Ham's kind of mediocre. Kind of. As it is. <laughs> they need a win. Spurs need a win. I don't think Spurs are going to be, quote-unquote, firing on all cylinders. Just because, one, they've been struggling all season. But two, Jose Mourinho's sides aren't always the type to score four or five goals. Well, and the you, way he plays, it's going to take time for these players to learn. Very true. But my argument to that is if you look at, um, let's compare this side versus his United side. Okay, you've got Lucas Moura, Human Song, Deli Alley, Christian Eriksen, Harry Kane up front versus Lukaku, who can't have... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lukaku is a great player. He is. Martial, he does, he Rashford, Martial was Alexis always Sanchez, hurt. a year Alexis after Sanchez the year of always, his life. Alexis Sanchez was always hurt. Martial was always injured. Marcus Rashford was not the same player that he is now. But he Luke, was. Luke, no. He w I no. would say he was almost even better. No, he wasn't. He's better now than he was under Mourinho. Show me the facts. We can look up the stats <laughs> afterwards. He was, he's better now under Ollie right now. Well, than he look was at how much Mourinho. playing time he's getting also. It, that's what I'm saying. He's getting more what playing I'm, time, and that's why his stats is, look better. Going forward. So you're telling me going forward, 
that Spurs are not better. I than never United. said that. I never. That's said what that. I'm saying. I'm saying you're underplaying the talent that United had, and Mourinho didn't capitalize on. I'm not, I understand that he didn't capitalize on a lot of what he had. He misused Pogba. Let's, that's for starters. What I'm saying though is that is that man for man, Spurs are better. Even if it's by an I inch, agree. Even I if agree. It's by an inch, Spurs are better, and I think the, that they're more cohesive unit than United ever was. I agree. I don't think that translates to. Uh, a resounding 4-1 win okay. in his first we'll game chart. We'll see at the weekend. All right. I don't um, even want to talk about this last game. <laughs> Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad is our last uh, game for the weekend. Real Madrid's got it. Yeah, I'm going for 2-0. 3-2. Okay. <laughs> We're done. That's it. <laughs> uh, definitely thank you guys for listening so far. Um, make sure to check out our other videos on the channel. We've got a lot more in the works. Just give us a little bit of time. Make sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe. Find us on Twitter, at Cold Football. My name's Jose. My name's Otis.